We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Welcome everybody to Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep, always brought to you by Bucket of Wind. I'm Cameron and here with me always is Matt. And Mason, look at that. <laughs> nice delay. Nice delay. Like, are we starting? Is everything going okay? Yes. Are we, are we, talking? we are I like on... to leave a gap like Dora the Explorer. Is everyone ready? <laughs> yeah. We gotta leave the... Okay. Well, today we have a very special show for you for episode four. It's going to be a spotlight show. And I'm very excited for this because this is where we spotlight upcoming TV shows and movies that we really think are going to be amazing. Things and we talk about... dropped on a stream. Yeah, and we talked about our predictions and what we think about them. Mason, how about you let everyone know what we're going to be spotlighting today? Well, in today's episode, we're going to be going over uh, Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One, uh, Michael Fassbender starring in The Snowman, a Netflix original known as Mindhunter, Season 2 of Stranger Things is coming back to Netflix, Preacher Season 2 on AMC, what the heck is that show? All right, I'll have to watch season one. The Strain <laughs> ending on FX. Damn, I, I remember watching the first season of that show. Pretty fucking good. Oh, Let's fucking check that amazing. out. Bright with Will Smith. Uh, I watched the trailer. Kind of looked like End of Watch fucked Hellboy, but they couldn't afford to get Jake Gyllenhaal in there, <laughs> so they had to get Will Smith. And Atomic Blonde. Charlize Theron's a lesbian, and I want to watch that movie. <laughs> and don't forget Marvel and Humans. Yes. We're going to definitely talk about that in there also. So the first one we're going to jump in and start on is Ready Player One. Can I just say, before we even get into what this movie is, I am so, so, so excited for it. Oh, my God. And um, it's basically what the movie is, it's based off of a novel, I believe. Yes. It's based off correct. a novel. Exactly correct. And it's uh, infusing like a lot of pop culture. And from what I saw from the trailer, guys, this looks insane. Yes, it's based off of... I know, and the trailers. The trailers got so many references to other other pieces of pop culture. It's it's insane. We'll talk about that in a second. But what were you going to say? It's, it's based off an Ernest Klein book uh, from 2011. Uh, it seems to be uh, really well... well uh, published and out there. So Stephen King has taken three years to put it together. And it's like you said, the reason it's taken three years to get it started was he had to get all the rights for all these different characters lined up for just this one movie. So apparently it takes place, our protagonist is this uh, kid who lives in like Ohio, it seems. Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. And it's this future world where it's all overpopulated and jammed together. And they escape in this oasis, which is basically VR on steroids. It's just virtual gaming. And can I just say, dude, the CGI in this movie already looks like it's off the freaking chain. It looks... The trailer is absolutely ridiculous. Did you guys catch the music that was playing in the trailer as soon as he entered the oasis? Was it Willy Wonka? Yeah, it was pure imagination from Willy Wonka. Man. Ooh, the nice deep drop. pull by Cameron. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, caught that. That was nice. going to say. Did you guys notice any other references? Well, right off the bat, I saw the Iron Giant. Yes. Iron Giant. Fre- right Freddy Krueger. Guess who else was in the Oasis? Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger was in there. And a DeLorean from Back to the Future. The DeLorean yes. was in there? No. Yeah. Harley just... Quinn and Deathstroke were walking Ooh, by the protagonist. That's, that's right. I did Oasis. see. I did see. Now, let me just they say. 
about the freaking Iron Giant, dude. Are you kidding me? That was one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up. One of my favorites. So, yeah. Oh, man. It was a tale that, you know, those are the kind of movies that, like, you want to see as a little kid. But, but for him to oh, get, everybody should. For him to get everybody out and actually get all these all these different characters. That in and, itself. And get them going and have the technology. Because that's the way they really saying that's why they had so long to get working. So they didn't even have the, the technology for it. Well, that in itself is like a Hollywood achievement. To get all those suits from different companies owning the rights. I just think that's amazing. It is pretty crazy. And you know that race scene that took place in the trailer? Yeah. You guys noticed uh, Laura Croft was hanging out on one of the cars. Tomb Raider oh, was leaning against that. one of them. What? Yeah, she was leaning against one of them. And two cars over from her, I also noticed the A-Team van. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I love the A-Team. That's one of my favorite movies, favorite TV yeah. shows. Was there a Tron bike in there? Yeah, there was a Tron bike there with I an Atari sticker. Tron yes, bike. that was. He was going through all the other cars. And I was like, yeah. I and if you guys noticed, there were a bunch of uh, a bunch of stickers on the on the VR device paying homage to the past, and th- this is set in the distant future. So they had an, like a 1980s Batman sticker on there. Yeah. They had all this. <laughs> I think it's set in 2044, 2040. It's supposed 2045 to be in Columbus, Ohio. And oddly enough, in the trailer. It was said that Columbus, Ohio, was the fastest growing city in the world. Yeah. So Holy moly. That just gives you a yeah, and it looked like the favelas of uh, Brazil. Of Brazil. Brazil. Well, it is the craziest thing to me that like this movie's being made, eh? And then plus, I think it's the perfect movie to be made now, where pop culture has um, pop culture has been permeated by all these nerd fandoms. And all these different kind of like heroes and villains. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only thing that is really interesting to me is, you know, Spielberg seems like he has to get back into the mix. Because he's coming off his first ever so-called flop in the big, big friendly giant, the BFG movie. And he needs a hit. And I'll tell you what, it's pretty funny here. This guy, 70 years old, comes out of Comic-Con, walks out in front of the audience and everybody and everybody's talking about Who's who's got what trailer and everything, and he hits the crowd with a VR, VR trailer with everybody in the world in it, and it's just incredible. And I'm curious to see how they draw this plot. I know that the trailer, the trailer itself had less than two minutes of actual footage, footage like like from the movie. Yeah. But I, I'm just curious to see how they're gonna draw a plot based in the Oasis. Like this kid is clearly using the Oasis to escape from the, the, the troubles of his everyday life living in this overpopulated area. But I wonder if the conflict is going to take place entirely in the Oasis or if they're going to tie in some real-life catastrophe going on in that like crazy pseudo-apocalypse-type world. I don't even know what's going to go on. But I'm just really interested to see how Spielberg weaves this narrative and, and keeps how, the audience entranced how the- while not bouncing back and forth between too many fantasy characters. That's what you know I'm what saying. I mean? when, you've that when you're involving many- that many that's what I was going to say. When you have that many characters, it's kind of hard to juggle it while still having character development. You know what I mean? Because if you have too many characters and they're not just cameos, they're actually in the movie, then you have no character development. Exactly. You know Especially I mean? when the characters in the trailer are powerful enough, so to speak, to carry a movie on their own. And then you're just going to show them once or twice and then not mention anything of it. It's kind of weird. But 
Yeah, but all I know is if you think about what this movie must have cost to make, the rumors are it was over $300 million. Three, no two, way. Yeah, two, two and a half to three years to make. That's not so far outside the realm with a lot of these new big production movies. You know I mean, he's, he, they're really shooting to make sure this is going to be a billion dollar Billion dollar win in there. And one favorite. and one thing that watching a lot of movies has taught me, if John Carter was three hundred and twenty million to make, then a movie can cost anything. Oh my god, dude, I totally forgot about that movie because it was such a big piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. That cost you a lot of people movie? their jobs, yeah. I saw it. I, I, I oh, didn't pay man. to I see I watched that in the theaters. I didn't pay to see it, no, I, I saw it at home, but it was pure crap. Yeah. I drove to the Disney boardwalk to watch that shit. Oh. Well let's just hope that Ready Player One delivers on like all of the, all of the things it's already teased. You know what I mean? Because just getting, I'm getting so excited because it's very, you know, Kingdom Hearts esque vibe. Kingdom Hearts was this game that combined Final Fantasy and Disney, so you had all those characters in one game. One game to do it. And it seems like Ready Player One is in the same vein, where it's like a clash of all these different studios and characters, and I want to see how they make it work. And uh, just to just a little note, they've already moved the release date one time. It was supposed to come out and go up against and face off against the Star Wars movie. So they didn't want any part of that because Star Wars is the last billion dollar film to try. And it has the biggest cult following. So what they're going to do now, it's now set for March 30th of 2018. The only thing coming up against it is the, the uh, Universal's Dark... Uh, universe, they're gonna drop the where the Wolfman at that time. But I'll tell you what, based off on the oh, way the shit? yeah, based off the mummy, I don't think they have anything to worry about. Mm-hmm. So look for that then in uh, 2018, March 30th. Great potential so far. Uh, it looks it looks forward to it. And our next one we're gonna look at is called the Snowman. Snowman is a crime thriller uh, horror film. Uh, it's also based off a book, and it's got a great leading actor in it called Michael Fassbender. Oh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, I know. I'm very, very excited. Is this movie the... comes out October 20th. It's directed by uh, Thomas Alfredson. You might recognize him, some of you crazy horror fans like me. Oh! He directed uh, Let the Right One In. You guys know that movie? Uh, hell yeah. Fucking awesome. It's a great vampire and it's movie. Written by um, Hussein Amini. You guys know him? What He's he been in a couple movies you guys might know of. He, he wrote Drive in 2011. Mm-hmm. You know Drive? Yeah. With Ryan Gosling. 47 Ronin, which wasn't so good, but... Yeah. It was all right. This movie shows potential. I like, it is all right. Exactly. It was all right. The Snowman is one on this list that I think is a sleeper pick. You know what I mean? Not a lot of people know of it right now, but I think that's going to change. Because this movie gives off crazy Zodiac meets Seven vibes. Especially from the trailer, just looking, which one thing I loved about the Zodiac were the clues left behind. You know what I mean? It was about like these detectives slowly working and unraveling clues to reach an yeah, inevitable exactly. conclusion. But it also kind of meets seven in the way that there's this deliberate killing pattern and every kill yeah, is meticulous. Killing women and collecting their heads. And it makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a the thought pattern to it. Which kind of makes what I found interesting was the masks. Did you guys notice how many masks were in the trailer? Yeah, it almost gave me a saw vibe. Or if you, yes. get, you I know you guys have seen the movie You're Next. Yes, with yes. The animal masks. Yes, the animal mask with got the chick on the bed. Vibe. That was pretty cool. I, I got that vibe so strongly that I even looked into the producers to see if they did anything like Saw or You're Next, but I couldn't find anything like that. But 
I it definitely got that vibe. One thing I was really shocked about was that, um, you know, it seems – I was shocked at how original it felt. You know what I mean? Because most horror movies fall into the same tropes and they fall into the same patterns with killers especially. You know what I mean? But the thing you have to remember with this movie, it's not like something we have here. It's more like film. There's a great show that's currently on Amazon mm-hmm. called Fortitude. It's in its second season, which is ended. Uh, it's got some great actors in it. Uh, I think it's Dennis Quaid just did season two. And it's about serial killers and mysteriously, it's mysterious goings on in uh, a foreign uh, country. Uh, where you're trapped in ice for part of the year and nobody can get out. Oh, oh and it's actually kind of like pretty, a 30 days of night or whatever. Of, but not, not as dark as that, but I mean, you're, they're hunting for serial killers and there's strange things going on. And it kind of gave me that vibe, but only better. It was much, much better Ooh. looking. Yeah, the snowman, like I, I was checking it and Michael Fassbender, I'm sure, is going to kill it. But there's some also pretty heavy hitters. The female lead has done a lot of work. Um... And, you know, I'm pretty sure she's going to kill it. The trailer was just impeccable. You know? Are you referring to Rebecca Ferguson? Yes. Yes. Yeah, she was in uh, Mission Impossible, Girl on the Train. That's where she was. Hercules. She's done a ton of movies. And then don't. She was in Life. Yes. The astronaut movie with Ryan Reynolds. Yep. I knew I recognized her from somewhere. I was like. on a space station with a new blob. I've seen her in so much. I was like, where is she from? And it was fantastic. Yeah, we're talking about horror thrillers. This is my area. Yeah. And then don't forget, J.K. Simmons. Yes. You know? Mr. J. Jonah Jameson, Jameson from Spider-Man. And he just freaking is great in everything he does. Plus, these characters have uh, oh, right. British accents. Yes. Which also makes the yeah, movie sound that much more intellectual. And here's the scary part. They're listing Val Kimler as part of the cast. And guess what, dude? Did anybody see him in the trailer? Oh, shit. Nobody saw him in the trailer. The snowman, dude. Might have the killer. All I know is... Val Kilmer's a tremendous actor. Tremendous actor. actor, And I was just wondering... I mean, he hasn't done much lately, but here we go. Here They put him in a movie, and he's not in the trailer. Mm. Not to get off too far from the snowman, but every time I see Val Kilmer, I'm like, you died. Because I I just, like, think about him in Tombstone. (laughs) <laughs> oh really <laughs> you thought he succumbed to the tuberculosis and he's dead I know I was like didn't consumption kill you or something no. but uh, he's just a fantastic actor and he's going to be out there also so I think it, it it's set for uh, a release in October 20th of this year it's going to be a great Halloween oh, just really is I know right Such before a Halloween loaded, time. A load, a loaded amount of movies that are dropping and that takes us to our next one and this is a personal favorite of mine already. I haven't seen one episode yet. The trailer looks so good. It's Mine Hunter. It's an American television series brought to you by nobody other than Netflix. It's your streaming service with all the monies. In Netflix, we pray and trust. <laughs> you guys catch the opening line of this trailer? What? As soon as the trailer starts, the screen is still black, but a voiceover comes over and, and the voice says, it's not easy butchering people. No, it's hard work. That's yeah. the first line. I know. <laughs> it's so right away, it just doesn't fucking play around. It's very intense. And then the, the first scene, it's this detective discussing crimes with what I presume to be a serial killer because he's discussing butchering people. And then the very next scene, uh, uh, um, a projector is depicted. 
and the projector shoots out an image of Charles Manson. Yes. So that's pretty interesting. I'm curious to see who'll play Charles Manson. It looks but, like they're like stringing really close to realism. And like, I know that's the thing that fascinated me the most well, because it seemed as though the first killer looked a lot like John Wayne Gacy, yes. the clown killer. And here's, so that, here's that, the scary part. The reason it's so freaking official looking is one of the writers, one of the co-writers, Johnny Douglas, he, it's based off a book called Mindhunter, Inside the FBI's Elite Serial Crime Unit. And Johnny Douglas, guess what, folks? An actual FBI agent. Well, there you go. Oh, man. well, there you go. If he wrote it, the that's why it felt so real. Yeah, yeah. No kidding, man. The craziest thing that I saw was just in the trailer alone, you could really see the detectives struggling to not allow the serial killers, the serial killers' own tendencies, like the way the serial killers think and like the sporadic thought pattern because the, clearly they're crazy. The detectives had trouble not letting that thought pattern influence the way they behave. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Even the detective who was like, he was the central character of the trailer. You could tell throughout the two minute trailer, he was beginning to act erratically oh, just from hanging yeah. around the serial killers. Well, so that's what as I soon think... as I saw this trailer, I was like, oh, I have to watch the show. Well, that's what I love. Like, as a, like, I'm a huge fan of like true crime, like novels and true crime, like documentaries. So like just seeing this guy, like really started like scratching my true crime uh, love. And, you know, I was kind of like, I was getting teased and I was like, oh, I want to see it now. Because, I don't know, something about true crime just gets the blood flowing, you know what I mean? Well, if you guys, oh, yeah, for sure, if, man. if you like that and it already looks great, guess what Netflix has already done? What? It's already greenlit season two. Oh, shit. It hasn't even dropped. And they're anticipating this being such a hit. They've already paid for season two and okayed it. I'm seeing that's being produced by Charlize Theron. Yes! Holy shit. She's producing, pulls back from her days as the monster in Monster. The serial killer woman executed. Crazy movie. Unbelievable. And here she is producing Mindhunters, a serial killer, a whole streaming uh, series. Isn't that mind-blowing? I I think it's going to be amazing. You've seen like this kind of trend where people are starting to like darker and darker TV. You know what I mean? With Hannibal being such a success. Absolutely. Like Hannibal was just blew my doors off with how like willing to go like macabre they were. So I'm really excited for Mindhunter. I hope they continue down that same vein of being just really unafraid to go where TV shows haven't gone before. And from the trailer, hey, it looks what better, like they're what going. better platform to push the envelope than Netflix? You know what I mean? Yeah, no because regulations. Can, well, they have all the money. They get paid all the money monthly and all the money all the time. So, I mean, and somehow they're still in debt. Uh, you know what? They're making the cash, and they get their they get their payments every month, so they can say That's on paper true. that they're hurting. But I'm not believing for a minute that no, they're, they're not. I mean, it's debt, but it's super super stable because they're pushing all that money into production. So. If you've been on their website, most of their stuff that they're putting out on their website now is their own stuff. Yeah, yeah no kidding. It's all originals, man. It's yeah. all original series. So this this new series is supposed to drop uh, October 13th, 2017. Another freaking movie, a series for October. For horror fans like us, I think this is like Christmas come early. It is. You know what I mean? Especially when you have all these are all these are on like networks. Or movies that aren't really like beholden to some of the restrictions of cable television. You know what I mean? And I just mm-hmm. think it's unbelievable. Man. 
So just a, just a thing, just keep remembering that all this, all this stuff is about serial killers where they interview them. They use that information to format a new database on how the FBI tracks people. And this is all based on actual FBI agents who actually interview serial killers, which is pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. So next we'll go on to our next topic called Stranger Things. Yes. Season two. Can't wait for the second season. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, just to speak on the trailer. I know the trailer. Um, I really liked the opening scene in the arcade. I found that really awesome. Uh, one of the children, one of the actors, walks outside of the arcade, and then there's like this cool little lightning thing going on, which immediately threw me back to War of the Worlds and Constantine. Yes. You know, when uh, Keanu Reeves is walking through hell, I kind of got that vibe. Mm. And then all of a sudden, Michael Jackson's Thriller starts blaring. And that just totally stole the show. I was like, oh, I fucking love this song. So I was singing <laughs> along and barely paying attention to the trailer. Kind of hard to focus after that. <laughs> Don't you think that song choice was kind of poor considering the leads are children? Oops. <laughs> Oops. Right. I, I think you're going down a rabbit hole. You don't, you don't have to go that far. Because do you, do you know what it costs? That's not a deep rabbit hole. It is, there, were but... baby, there were little babies on the screen and they're playing Michael Jackson. <laughs> That's, That's not too That's much of a reach. <laughs> Maybe a little, Maybe a little, little bit of a reach around. around. <laughs> But did you know what it, it you know what it costs to get a Michael Jackson song to play? How much? Ten million dollars. Ten million? Ten million dollars just to pull a song and have it play for you on anything. That is insanity. So here again, Netflix, with all the money in <laughs> the entire world. Ten mil on a song, my dude. For a trailer. For a trailer. It's that not even playing. I do agree with Mason. I think the song was a little bit of an odd choice. If you wanted to set the spooky tone. I get what they were going for. It's 80s. It's 80s. It's 80s. Everything about this. And the whole show is an homage were, to the were, 80s. So yeah, I get exactly. that. They were setting up the time frame. So if you're going to go for the spookiest song in the 80s, it's probably Thriller. Because horror was It definitely wasn't spooky. I think they were going for a hip approach. I really don't think... Like... Trying to keep it a little fresh. I, I don't liked, think they were trying um, to create a scary ambiance or anything. The one thing I liked about Stranger Things was that it was a little spooky. You know what I mean? A little spooky. Everything oh, yeah. is an homage to E.T., Stephen King. I mean, Snake Plissken from Escape from, L from New York. Every part of that thing, every time I see a scene, as a kid who grew up in the 80s, I went to high school and I was in grade school during those times. I see every image. I can pick out something from a movie I've seen in the 80s. So you don't have to go far to look. You just have yeah. to sit there and appreciate it. Well, that's why I think it's like Stranger Things was so successful. I mean, we kind of watched it before it blew up. You know what I mean? Yeah. We watched it the week it came out. Yeah. There was, yeah, bed sores. That's really, that's very true. I think we watched it in like a two or three day period. Yeah. Probably it was three mm -hmm. days and we didn't move and we consumed it all. <laughs> and it was I know. I'm so going to have to rewatch the first season before I see the second one. It's yeah. been a while. I just can't get over just how well they've done it and how, how authentic it feels. Like I said, for someone who grew up at that time, um, I just freaking loved it, you know. And and if you you liked another show, uh, you know that they've also produced. You might have heard of it, Wayward Pines. It was a successful series. Yes. Did about a season or two that was, I believe, on Fox. Has the same type of vibe, same type of feeling. Two great seasons. I think now it's still streaming under another production company, 
But, uh, you know, the, the two brothers that actually direct and are responsible for these are the Duffer brothers, uh, D-U-F-F-E-R, and they have just done a fantastic thing. Yeah. I definitely no think if this is like their first big production thing. They definitely knocked it out of the park. 100%. I don't even think they foresaw the success that Stranger Things would have. You know what I mean? Because it was probably just planned to be like a nice homage to the 80s and a pretty like current show to offer. But it just blew up and went full on mainstream. Well, they had no press when it first originally came, if you guys remember. Oh, and yeah. Nobody was talking about it. It's pretty much like a soft release for yeah. like two weeks. And that's it. And Until then, the critics hit it, and then it just exploded. Social media, word of mouth, really and it did. just went through the roof. But um, it's just crazy on how well it's, it's going to be received and how well it's done. Um, I mean, I don't know what the production when the when are they expecting to release it? I, I can't find it anywhere. I keep looking trying to get it. I believe I they're think they said it. in October. October, maybe October twenty seventh. There you go. Literally Halloween weekend. Yeah, there you yep. go. October twenty seventh. The first episode crazy. drops. If it wasn't already loaded enough with Mindhunter and the Snowman, can you imagine? Mindhunter. No one really Snowman. stole the show for me. Um, what's her name? Millie Bobby Brown. Is that she 11? plays 11. Oh, oh she plays 11. Yeah, L with the shaved head. She killed it, man. She is 13 years old and she can act her ass off, man. Yeah. It is insane. But they all kind of, all those she kids just, really did a great job. All of them, really. And, and kind it, of reminded me of the kids from Super 8. Like how well and they Winona did it. And Winona Ryder, man. Winona Ryder stopped shoplifting and got her ass in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> Knocking out of the hey, fucking well, park. If she doesn't have to act to be this manic. Freaking mom, she's doing a great job. Yeah, no kidding. She's I was going to say, herself. she's already a maniac, so she can play the crazed mom yeah, all just day. Just stand there and read the lines. And she's fitting right in. And then uh, who else steals the show? Uh, David Harbour. He plays Chief Hopper. Chief Hopper is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing Drinking character. a beer, amazing popping pills, dealing with his kid's death. No kidding. It's amazing. And, and he, dealing with interdimensional yeah. aliens. Interdimensional horrors. You yeah. Know what I mean? and, and he's insane. a flawed hero, man. The guy comes from sm- smoking, drinking booze, popping pills, and doesn't stop when he realizes his kid needs his help. Exactly. And Next thing you know, you're rooting very, for the guy. It's an unlikely hero. Yeah. I think especially from the first season. You don't expect Hopper to be the one to give a shit. No. And he actually is the one that continues on and pushes forward. Yeah. The burnt out cop. And he pulls it out and he does a really, really good job. So we'll go on to our next one that we're talking about. And to be honest with you, I, I feel bad. I haven't seen this. Not Neither many people have, but I'm telling you right now, the show is called The Preacher or Preacher. It's an AMC production produced by Evan Goldberg and our, our everybody knows it, our, one of our favorites, Seth Rogen. Whew. It's their duo that came together with AMC to create the show. And from what I've heard about it and from what I've seen in trailers, it looks amazing. Completely like yeah. bombastic, like everything Seth Rogen does, where it's just blow down the doors, ridiculous, and it, absolutely, it just looks fun. Yes, and my biggest thing so is so basically, the start of the show, after a supernatural event at his church, a preacher enlists the help of a vampire in order to find God. So. <laughs> Doesn't get better than that. that how yeah, could no you kidding. get better than that? And I think that one of the reasons I like this is because there's so many serious shows coming out nowadays where it's like dramas that expect you to zero in on every word, where it seems like Preacher's kind of like a fun 
wonky show, kind of like Ash versus Evil Dead. Yes. Where you don't have to like. This fits in the same vein. Yeah, you don't have to care life or death about the characters constantly, like with a drama series, which is really nice. Well, the big thing is. I mean, look at the trailer. The trailer, Bell Biv DeVoe's Poison is blaring. You got a shirtless 60 year old man with like these crazy chain nipple rings. <laughs> I'll watch. I'll watch. You I'll watch. Play yeah. Poison. There was a man with a literal ass face. Yes. If you. If Crawling you... through ductwork with Hitler. Yeah. I mean, come on. If that doesn't make you want to <laughs> pop the channel and take a look at it. I mean, it's so crazy. I was shocked that AMC is the one who picked it up. You know what I mean? They're cutting edge. They just keep doing it. I My it's biggest hope, though. Dead. Well, my, that's my one worry is they just don't sell out like The Walking Dead. It seems to have sold out a little bit to me. If he keeps it real, and I think Seth Rogen will. I think if he's in charge and he continues to manage it and they don't sell out, we, we can expect this show to be good for a long time. Man, you, I'm going to go out of my way to watch it. Do you guys remember when AMC used to be the channel to watch Walker Texas Ranger reruns? Yes. That's what that used to be. It used to, I mean, the creator of Preacher helped produce... Breaking Bad. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you got that. And then Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen teamed up. And Evan Goldberg helped with, like, all of Seth Rogen's movies. Yeah, they're he partners. Wrote, he wrote Is This the End? He wrote Pineapple Express. He wrote Sausage Party. He wrote Super Bad with Seth Rogen. So you have the comedy duo there. And then you've got the guy who knows the dramatic side of things. You know, he, he wrote... Uh, the Great New Wonderful, White Oleander. He helped produce Breaking Bad. So, I mean, you have the creators there. Yeah. And, and then you've got Dominic Cooper. And I just he love... steals the show. I just love Breaking Bad. I was on that show early and I couldn't see enough. It was crazy. It was a great show. I mean, it, that's I what... Mean, yeah. AMC's killing it. What can we say? You know what I mean? They, they probably made the best evolution out of any of the networks. To start giving the audiences what they wanted. You know what I mean? Oh, my. I just remembered where I saw Dominic Cooper from. He was in that movie Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. Seen that? Oh, he played that um, was the, yeah. He played the vampire. I did not who know Who was friends that. with yeah. Abraham Lincoln. Did not know that. I freaking love that. That's movie. where I knew him from. That was a great movie. That's a great Even movie. better yeah. book. And, if, and Yes. And a lot of people don't understand that. It is a book before it was ever on screen. Yeah. If you guys, it's a very, very good book. If you guys have seen Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter... Definitely read the I mean, book. Read first. that book. You have to go out of your way and check it out. Yeah, I know we mostly do TV and film, but wow, I was just shocked at how good that book was. So if if he acts any way he how he liked in how he acted in uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, I'll be very pleased with Dominic Cooper. He's a great actor, you know what I mean. And it's good to Absolutely. see him in a leading role after all this time. You know no I mean? kidding, dude. And killing it. Well, the next one we're going to bring up is one of my favorites. I've been on from the beginning. The Strain. It's on FX. And if you haven't seen it, catch it on streaming and catch up. It's just a great show. I kind of caught on to this after I was... I'm still watching The Walking Dead, so don't get me wrong. I still love zombies and everything. But um, I guess out of habit, I just can't turn that show off. But while that wasn't killing it, I was looking for something else to kind of fill that void that I really wanted to see. And that's when I turned on uh, Guillermo del Toro and Chuck Hogan's movie uh, series based off a book called The Strain. Yeah, I mean, what can you, what can you not say about The Strain? The Strain is the single most unique take on vampires I have ever witnessed. Period. It's definitely out there. 
Uh, unique, unique, yes, but completely. Have you? They basically turned well, it into okay. this vampire zombie dynamic. You know what I mean? In many ways, it was reminiscent to like early zombie movies in the beginning, and then it evolved to kind of like a blade-like vampires. Like it's so different. Blade vampires. That's exactly what I was gonna say. It's, yeah. it's so like different blade. than what I'm used to. But it's still different, different than blade. Yeah. And the fact the way it spreads, yeah. being it through those uh, small little worms, parasites, parasites, that is so brilliant. Oh, it is. And it's so original on vampires because it used to just be like, ha ha ha, I'm gonna bite your neck, and you turn. Yeah. This makes it more viral, more believable, and more like visceral. Where you're like, more viral, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you get touched by a vampire, it's like, fuck, is Chuck, is Chuck one of them now? Yeah, and that's what you got to keep worrying about. Every it's a lot more like zombies, man. That's what I was saying. And like in the first episodes, I was like, this is a zombie show. What do you mean it's a vampire show? Because you have the dead bodies in the morgue coming back to life. You have it taking over slowly. And I think it's one of those shows that really made a good evolution. It definitely has a solid fan base. It's weird, though, because it kind of exploded when it was first on TV. And it's kind of been taking the back. Then you kind of didn't hear about it for two seasons, right? Exactly. It's kind of been in the background for the past two years, slowly pumping out great shows. I mean, I loved season two and three. It's just that it hasn't been getting the same press because of all these other shows that are coming out. Where it's where I'm now, just upset that it, the show's ending after four seasons. I wish it were running a little longer, but I guess they're not going to sell it out. You know, they're just not going to keep making episodes to make episodes, which is refreshing. That's true. You know what I mean? You just can't keep pumping out episodes or useless TV to fill just to get advertising spots. Plus, I'm happy that we didn't get Firefly. You know what I mean? We're going to have a concrete ending. We're going to have closure with all the characters. And they get to write it out. You know what I mean? Because I feel like so many shows have these great premises. And they just get completely washed out first season and don't get another at-bat. So I'm happy to see the strain. I heard they're going to amp it up this last season to kind of reattract some of the people they brought in the first season. I know, right? It's crazy. If you watch the trailer, humans are so scarce, they have to revolt like they're the fucking Wolverines or something. <laughs> they're considered terrorists. The vampires are talking about them. It's pretty crazy. And like I they're trying to squash the human rebellion on Earth. It's pretty. It's ridiculous. And I just don't know how they're going to ramp it up from last season because the season finale last year is where they had an atomic bomb go off in New York. Oh, yeah. I mean, where do you go from there? Well, plus, you guys know this is a, a project from Guillermo del Toro. Yes. Who I'm a huge fan of. This was his little pet project, you know what I mean? On top of making all these amazing movies like Pacific Rim, he has Pacific Rim 2 coming down the pipe. Yes. And a lot of other movies he's working on. But he took the time out because he read the strain books about it was founded on and just completely fell in love with the idea and was like, we have to do this. And plus, he's a practical effects kind of guy, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Because, you know, two of my favorite movies are the Hellboy movies. Absolutely. Where you have almost complete use of practical effects. Yeah. Don't forget about Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's oh, Labyrinth, yeah. Pan's Labyrinth is One definitely my fucking award ever. Oh, it's my favorite foreign film, for sure. And just a little side note, Guillermo Totoro's next project is Frankenstein. What? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. That's what they're That's saying. That's going to be fucking Again, tremendous. Again, you know, I told you that Universal is dying to get their own universe up and wow. going. So what he's supposed to do is he's supposed to do his own take on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Okay. Brief spoiler alert. I'm going to give you three, two, one. 
All right, so the end of The Mummy with Tom Cruise. Since we're talking about this universal universe they're trying to make, yes, right? Yes, yes. They left it ambiguous, and he becomes this Dracula kind of... What would you call it? It's not like a... It's like a mummy devil? Yes, part demon. Part mummy demon? Demon, yes. Yeah, definitely not a vampire. Part mummy demon at the end. And I really wanted to see more of his character. Yes. I don't know what it is. Well, there wasn't enough what that was good in that movie... To face off with what I didn't want to say. That is true. But now that I know Guillermo del Toro is making the Frankenstein that's going to interact with this mummy demon creature in the future, hell yeah! Oh, and you heard also that I talked about earlier that the the Wolfman, also part of the Dark oh. Universe, is supposed to be coming out next year facing off against Ready Player One just in March March of next year. So you're talking about they already did the mummy. The, the Wolfman is ready to appear next year. And now we just heard that Guillermo del Toro is going to do Frankenstein. So, you know, there's only a couple more left. Creature from the Black Lagoon and, and Dracula. And then what are we going to get? Not only that. What, what? 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 Do you hear what else Guillermo del Toro is about to roll out? What? what, what I don't know what, when what? it's going to come out. But he is doing an animated fantasy dark version of the childhood classic story Pinocchio. Are you kidding? Me? Holy shit. A dark shit. version of Pinocchio. Well, Pinocchio is a dark version already. It doesn't need any more to be dark. Yeah, there's some very dark There's some moments. dark crap in that. And I remember seeing that as a kid going, dude, that's... First of all, it's a man lonely exactly, enough to make his son out of to, wood. Now he's going to make it a, even darker than that. You and know what I mean? I, and if you just literally make that black and white Pinocchio, it's, it's scary enough. Now, I, now you got Guillermo del Toro twisting that. I love how breathtakingly messed up Guillermo del Toro can get. So just seeing how he's going to touch Frankenstein and now this Pinocchio series is going to be insane. And that's what I think he brought to the strain that made it so good. That it was so out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So please they bring that back in the fourth season. Just make it weird. I feel like weird gets more... Well, you know what it is? Attention. I, you just don't want to see the same thing over and over again. And he seems to have a different take on everything. His creatures seem to have a different take. His vibe is a different take. It's original. I mean, we've already seen most of these characters 10 or 15 times. And again, I haven't seen any vampires like his vampires in the stream. And that's what I kind of like about it. It's new and inventive. We've seen all this stuff a million times. Give me a different story with it. Give me a different take exactly. on it. Exactly. And, and they seem to be doing it. Mm-hmm. He's going to do the same thing because he's also remaking Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, a 1931 film. He's doing – He's going to – Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. If they get Russell Crowe from well, he, the Mummy movie? Why not? He's already that'd said – be was, amazing. Another spoiler. Already, yeah, if you haven't seen the Mummy – Russell Crowe plays Dr. Je- uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. In that movie. So and if he comes over and does that. Well, I wasn't too jazzed with no. the, Mr. Hyde. One Dr. The, Jekyll was cool. It was one of the weakest parts of the Dr. movie. Dr. Jekyll was cool. It though. was still one of the weakest parts <laughs> of the movie. And if they're gonna if they're gonna get Guillermo del Toro to come in and do redo that part Dude, of it. If he designs how these things are gonna look freaky. Take my money. Yeah, take it now. Take it off. I'll empty my bank account. Where's the swipe? I want the swipe. I'm going to put my card in, activate the chip, because it's scary. I'm telling you, man, he's on fire. He's also announced uh, to direct Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, that children's book. Do you guys know that one? Yes. Wait, is that the one we read when we were kids? Yeah, man, the one with the the woman who always wears a scarf around her neck, and the guy's like, oh, take it off. You're so beautiful. Take it off. And she takes it off, and her head falls off. 
Yeah. Yeah. Dude, those movies when we were little kids, we read them in elementary school. Terrifying. Yeah. It's literally it's an old ass book, but he's set to direct a film based on that. But it's it it really kind of like shows you it's like a beginner's lesson in horror. Oh really? Which the book serves for little kids. That's why I fall in love with horror, right there. See, it's G-rated. There's no gore in the book, similar to Goosebumps. But it's no, but it's exactly. But it came out. It came out in 1981. It's a little bit darker than a little darker than Goosebumps for little kids. And I was like, I was in the third grade. Like, are you kidding me right now? That's amazing. You know, freaking out in my pajamas, and that's (laughs) insane that he's gonna be making that. This guy is just a. He's working in a factory of terrors. Yeah. And and I'll tell you what, he does it really well. I would not want to be a I f- liked his version of the Blade too. Yeah. I would Remember? not I he, would he not did Blade too. And yeah. it was great also. Gamble Tutorial did Blade it, too? I believe so. I want to say yes. That was amazing. Somebody movie. will have to check my facts, but, but I, I have a hard time not believing he did it. With, with he all did this Blade horror, too, didn't he? he directed it, yeah, he did. I told you. That kind of makes sense now seeing the strain. Yes, I understand what Mason's saying now because the, the 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 vampires in that movie looked almost really similar. It's, right? That's true because their face split open in that one when yeah. he was fighting. That's that what one. I just said. It was like it's so unique, and I was like, "Oh, well, see, I didn't get yeah, you." Should have just told me it's from Blade too. Now thinking about it, there are a lot of similarities. As I said, Blade. Oh, I didn't. I didn't put it together. But with they all even this, have the tendril that shoots yes, out. Yes, they do. With all this horror coming out of Guillermo del Toro, I would not want to be a fly on the wall of his bedroom. Jesus Christ, dude! He's one of the he's one of the front men of horror today yeah. for yeah. sure. That's the real chamber of terrors. Yeah, no, he's filling a void, and we need that void <laughs> to be filled. <laughs> yeah, man. As a horror oh, fan, I feel like we've been know. underserved in not in, this year. No, I'm saying in the past, absolutely, because everything's mo- it's Marvel, it's DC, it's superhero, superhero, superhero. Show superhero. me the scary. Well, really, who's at the forefront? We have Guillermo del Toro, Sam Raimi. Um, the guys who are making, whoever's making The Conjuring, Insidious, and Sinister, oh. that team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, you know what, guys? We're going to do a whole podcast. James Wan. We're, we're going to do a podcast on James just Wan, on those yeah. three movies alone. Scariest yeah, movies I've ever seen in my hell. life. Scary as hell. Plus, Blumhouse has done great horror. Oh, Blumhouse. We just talked about that last podcast or two ago. Blumhouse. Doing a Spawn movie. Spawn movie. Oh fuck! I can't wait for that. And you know what? People were saying, "Oh, you're going to take a couple hundred million to make that." But you know what? McTodd McFarlane said, "He goes, I don't want to do that. I want to direct it myself, and I want this to be a dark, dark, hard R movie. Supernatural horror. I think yes. were his words, words exactly. Exact words. And he's directing it. He never sold the character. He retains 110% control, and he wanted to go with a, a little movie-making company so he could do it the way he wanted to do it. I mean, that's amazing. So it should be done. Yes. And Horror I think, movies are best made with small production teams yes. who and keep their vision true, you know? What what network is the strain on? FX? FX. FX. So that's probably their biggest marketing show right now. They had Sons of Anarchy. And they had Fargo. 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 Wow, FX too. Killing it. Stepping Killing up it. to the plate. Killing American it. They had just Story. A, American Horror Story. Archer. Oh my God. Did oh. you see the trailer for their new one, American Holy Horror Story? Shit. We didn't even talk about that, but that looks bizarre as hell. It's called Colt. And they're wearing clown face, man. Not to bring up something we didn't put on a list, but if you haven't seen the trailer for that yet, that's freaky. Commercials on every other commercial break. Yeah. Because it's a badass show. But um, hurrah for The Strain. Getting its finale 
Yep. That's tremendous. And, and not jumping the shark. Yes. Plus, I'm happy they're not... You're right. I'm happy they're just picking to when to end it, like Breaking Bad. They're like, we're fucking ending it now. We're yeah. not going to wait until it gets played out we're, like we're, some other shows. Exactly. We're not going to push it for five seasons just so we can get the, uh, the money. residual money later. This is the story, and we're going to be done with it. Yeah. And that brings us... I, like to, I prefer that. And that brings us to our next one we're going to talk about, another Marvel production called Ooh. Marvel Inhumans. It's going to come to uh, ABC's network, and evidently, folks, they're filming it in IMAX because they want that bigger feel all the time, all the way. And apparently what I heard was there it's going to be on ABC after the first episode. So I believe is uh, Marvel and Humans was filmed all in IMAX, right? They're and I think fi- they're, they're going to film it in IMAX. The the episode one for sure is set to debut in IMAX. I oh, did see that, and I'm not so sure great. if the other episodes are going to be shown. But I think it's really interesting because it's it's already telling us that they want this to be a cinematic experience. You know what I mean? Whereas with the other shows, it's expected to be a TV at home experience. They want you to feel mm-hmm. like you're a part of something with the Marvels uh, Inhumans. You know what I mean? I really I, hope they don't lean on that, though, man. That's my one worry. What? I hope uh, they don't the try IMAX. to make a visual experience. Oh, like a gimmick, like kind of like um, skip the content. Spy Kids, where like exactly. frisbees exactly. are flying skip everywhere, the so they can come at your face. Yeah, that's a little scary. Well, I, I hope they're not oversaturating it. Looks, it. It looks um, like I will say I really like the weirdness of it yep. and how they, like because Marvel has a lot of B, B to C to D level characters that don't get a lot of love and intention. So maybe Marvels and Humans is a way to take care of some of those. You know what I mean? They could have picked a lot of other characters, though. Yeah, but I think it's good that they picked lesser known ones. You know what I mean? I know. Because you not, don't have the history to I, deal I'm with. I'm not you try, trying it. to take a leak on it, but you just say to yourself, we could have picked pretty much anything else, but we're picking Inhumans. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. other characters out there. Good luck making a show with Black Bolt, Maximus, Medusa, Gorgon, Crystal. Well, they are it's, doing, the they are doing a Black Bolt. Well, what I'm saying is that they're the characters yeah. in the show. Yeah. What I'm saying is I would love to see – if they were going to do one Marvel character that I have not seen yet, where's our Moon Knight movie, damn it? Really? Moon Knight is amazing. That's, I, I, that's – as a huge Batman fan on the DC side, Moon Knight is the only thing that can kinda, I can kind of compare to in I, the Marvel side. That's just amazing to me because I don't know too much about Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight, yeah, it's really cool. He's lesser known, so I feel like they have more artistic leadway with it. And I would love to see something like that because that's kind of a darker, grittier comic book that Marvel has, which is weird because most Marvel stories, are they're not known for being exceedingly gritty. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. he's just like fucking Batman. He's an expert detective. He's proficient in all martial arts. He's got increased strength, endurance, and agility, but all of that, like his, his supernatural abilities, are dependent upon the cycle of the moon. There well, you go, man. You have fucking Batman in Marvel, and he hasn't been touched, and no one's even talked about it. Then him. why aren't we seeing that? Moon Knight? I don't yeah. know. Well, I think it's intentional that they're picking in humans, right? Because we're talking about how we're starting to meld practical effects with CGI and yeah. film. And what better experience to do that with when you have telepaths, you have all these weird powers interacting with one another. I think it really will be an amazing cinematic experience. Uh, well, I'm hoping so, because I'm just not... 
I'm just not sold on it, to be honest with you. I get a little nervous. Yeah, when you're it, giving me the skeptical. I am. Eyes. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm hedging <laughs> my bet. I mean, to be honest with you, the guy who's the showrunner, and we all know the showrunners are the guys who do the creative content. I mean, I love the guy that's doing it called Scott Buck because he's got a history with Six Feet Under, Rome, of course, one of my all-time favorite shows, Dexter. Yes. And then Everybody yeah, Loves Raymond. Coach, I mean, he's done some great shows, but it just makes me wonder why, I mean, they're picking Inhumans to bring. When, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Batman guy. You have a chance to bring me a, a Batman-esque kind of show. You could have done that. You could have done it. I'm, I don't mean to crap on things, but. Well, I've been saying it for years and like no one's really acknowledged my pleas for a Moon Knight movie. Wow. Or Dude, a TV show. I really show. want a Moon Knight movie right now. Yeah, I, I want too. a Moon Knight TV show or a Moon Not Knight Not only that, Moon Knight movie. has had crossovers. Written by the guy who brought you Batman. Moon Knight yeah. had a crossover series where he know. was at odds with Deadpool. Well, are you kidding me? It was amazing. Well, then, see, that's the whole problem right there. Why are we not seeing... Because he's a... Pro- he, I don't know who owns the rights for Moon Knight. That's, that's, that's probably problem. a good thing. That's, I think that's the whole problem with a lot of these characters. So many different people own the rights. So you think maybe that um, uh, now they have to dig the bottom of the barrel in the Marvel's rights to get the Inhumans? Yes, I do. It's DC. DC no. owns Moon Knight. Oh, Moon Knight. Wait, DC owns yeah. Moon Knight? Oh, that's why. Yeah, man. Holy moly! Well, I thought he was Marvel. Nope, we're not doing a Marvel. No, no, no. He's part of the DC comic universe. He's with okay. Batman. Oh, well, that makes sense. Why they won't do That's it? That's why Marvel's not digging. Yeah, they already had Batman. <laughs> They'd be yeah. like, "Who's this? Like, who's this guy in a white ass suit oh, okay. walking around?" We went down that rabbit yeah, hole for no reason, he's folks. Sorry Batman about that. Universe. Oh, I guess my cries will go unheard. Yep. <laughs> Try it. Dude, the DC universe is fucking hurting for some stars. I told you, movies. Moon Knight looks cool, though, right? You looked at the comics right now, Mason. What do you think? Yeah, I, th- I just dude think with it. with with solid writing and a kick-ass marketing campaign, Moon Knight could be a household uh, name. I don't understand. We we have Arrow. Give me Moon Knight. Yeah, and plus when we have, especially do it in the CW verse. Now they're doing Marvels and Humans on ABC. I know, which is known for being extremely wholesome. Yeah, a little which too wholesome. to me screams lame, lame, lame. Now you're starting to see why I'm getting that like, oh, really? Is this yeah. what we're trying to do? It's like when they... He was brought... Okay. Apparently he was brought into the Marvel... I mean the DC Universe after a rebirth. But he did make appearances where he was critically injured. Oh, he was assisting a critically injured Black Panther. Um, so he was part of the, the Marvel. Oh, he did cross During crossovers. For a while. Yeah, yeah he did some crossovers. And he did, so. fight, he did fight Deadpool through a series of I would comics. like to see more than that. See, the whole thing is, is, is right now, uh, the Marvel, uh, Marvel's Avengers of S.H.I.E.L.D., that show's ending. And that show is a really good show. It's done great ratings. It's very expensive to make. And I think they're trying to slip this show in to try and fill that vacuum. Plus, ABC's messed up in the past with um, superhero stuff. You know, they tried to do Supergirl before, yeah. before wiping their hands of that endeavor and giving it to the CW-verse, who's doing a great job with it now. Well, it's, it's doing great on Marvel. So, I hope ABC doesn't botch this. I feel like Inhumans has the biggest, the biggest chance of disappointing me. Yes. But well, I've got the most to prove. Yes, it does. It does, for sure. Well, like I said, it, it goes on. And what they're going to do is they're going to debut it 
on an IMAX screens in September 1st of 2017. And then after it debuts there, the TV show is going to premiere at the end of the month, uh, September 29th. It runs for eight episodes. It's going to be a short release. I think they, they did a movie. They're going to show it in IMAX to see what it does, see if they can make some monies there. And then they're going to move it right over to the – which is kind of a pretty good idea. That's what I'm saying. Like that's why it's I thought it was bad, smart. They would test the waters. You know, Be what? like, okay, you don't like IMAX? Then it's on ABC. Well, here's the thing too. But... Make, it, make it affordable. We already – talked about it in previous podcasts before yeah, I think that IMAX 3D last episode. last episode IMAX 3D is hurting then you know what give me a $10 IMAX movie to bring my kids to you know what you want to introduce it a whole family $10 a ticket and and you know what you might fill your theaters and actually make some freaking money on something instead of rocking the 20 bucks a ticket for IMAX 3D yeah I'm a little bitter about that I'm a little <laughs> salty over the whole thing but you know what do do your $10 IMAX theater uh, you know ticket for this do a special on it and then move it to the screen and maybe my kid will watch it yeah and that's all I have to say I'm about that I'm just saying um, definitely tweet hashtag moon night yeah, Moon Knight survives. Let's try and bring it, bring it forward. <laughs> so after uh, Marvel's Inhuman, we're going to go to the next, and it's billed as Will Smith's next movie. It is the most expensive movie to date that Netflix has put out. And I'm it, so excited It is it. called Bright, folks. It is coming in 2017, due to be released December, or dropped as I said, not even released. It's going to be dropped on Netflix December 22nd, 2017, something to make you stay home for Christmas. Oh, I am beyond excited. I think Dude, just set in a world where mystical creatures live alongside humans, a human cop is forced to work with an orc to find a weapon everyone is prepared to kill for. How... Dope is that premise. No kidding, man. It is directed by David Ayer. This guy has written some of the biggest shit you guys will ever. He wrote uh, Training Day, the wow. series, TV series. Oh, TV series. oh the TV series. TV series. I'll put it back. No, it's okay. right, I'm going to put see. it back in my pants. Put the excitement back in the box. You'll see. He wrote Suicide Squad. And I liked it. What was right, the other one? Fury. Fury. Fury was dope. Oh. Sabotage. Sabotage was great. Great, great. Okay. The joke I made at the beginning of the podcast, how it was like end of watch, fuck tell boy. Yeah. He wrote end of watch. Jake Gyllenhaal? That was a hardcore That's movie. a great movie. If you guys have not seen that movie and you like either of those actors. That's a hardcore drama. It's a great movie. It's a great watch. It's you got to cut your teeth on that movie, man. That's a great I told movie. you to wait because not only did he write the TV show Training Day, he wrote the actual Training Day. With oh, it's back out of the pants. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I'm telling you, I love that movie. <laughs> he wrote Fast and the Furious, the screenplay for it. Oh, I like the it. screenplay for Dark Blue and SWAT. Oh, so this, guy knows this guy's the shit. shit. SWAT is the shit. It is. But he's directing it, so he's not the writer. The yeah, writer of this the writer of this this particular movie wrote Chronicle. Ooh. I just saw visible excitement come over. Uh, Both our faces were looking at each other going like, Chronicle is another great movie. If you haven't, people have not seen that movie, you have got to see Chronicle. We were like kids who just found out we were going to Disneyland. I love Chronicle. God, I love that movie. He wrote American American Ultra. That's a great movie too. Movie too. With the stoner assassins. That was great. And then he wrote Victor Frankenstein. 
was okay. Yeah. It was okay. It was watchable. It was good. So, so that, I mean, there you go. That's a pretty decent. No, it's right really there. good. And here's the other part that I freaking love about this movie: the guy in makeup who's his partner. We haven't talked about him yet. Joel Edgerton. Let's get crunk. You remember him from Warrior? Warriors. The Great the brother. Gatsby. Oh my God, Tom that's Hardy. who that is. Yes. I couldn't tell because of all Famous of for playing movie. Brendan Conlon in Warrior. We oh have Joel God. Edgerton coming this, in. This, this guy has movie. been killing it for such a long freaking time. Mason, how crunk are you to see him in this? Dude, I had no idea that was him. The Warrior is seriously one of my favorite movies All ever. time. And I'll tell you what, that's another movie. If you don't just get a little choked up watching it, and I you, know. And if you have, again, if you folks have not seen these freaking movies, you gotta get out there and watch these movies. These are some of the greatest. He will aggressively pictures. force you to watch these movies. I'm sorry if I'm getting a little aggro here, but these freaking movies no, are it's the serious, shit. It's We've the named Warrior about 10 movies. Warrior evokes so much emotion. If you don't I mean, cry. You fail the void comp. Or at least want to hug your brother at the end of that movie. If you've got a brother. And if you, you have an alcoholic father, forgive him. <laughs> yeah, forgive, <laughs> forgive him. him. Because you know what? Nick Nolte, I don't care for him. But you buy know what? He buy just, him a bottle. Yeah, buy him a bottle. He's, I'll tell you what, he's made to be the drunk in every freaking movie. Which he is. just kills it in this movie too. Oh my God, he's been a drunk in so many movies. He's a drunken Hulk. Yes. Yes, that's the one I remember. And he's yeah. always done that. But you know what? I mean, Joel Edgerton has just been... And I so loved him in good. The Thing. You know? That's, oh, yeah. that's the one just after Kurt Russell's The Thing in 1982. He did this... Actually, it's a prequel to that. I apologize. It's a prequel to the Kurt Russell movie, The Thing, and John Carpenter's to that because the I, I just... It's another great movie. And if you people haven't seen that freaking movie, go see that movie. Because I'm just losing my goddamn mind. Just load all these up in your cart. You got tons Holy of Holy crap, out. we're talking. Plus, all this TV's coming out. Will I get no work done? Tune in next time to find out. I'm just going to be <laughs> no watching work. all no these work. shows. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get bed source because I'm going to rewatch about 10 of those movies we talked about. And then watch all these Trinity shows coming up. And Fury and I know. End of I'm Watch. And all these movies are just so But fantastic. I will say. I hate to be the party pooper. Bright definitely has the biggest potential to amaze me, but also the biggest. Don't. Bar set don't. So also, don't, I need to add this don't caveat. Pee on it. I need to add this caveat. Let me let me get it don't. out. It has the biggest possibility to disappoint. Why? When you're doing an idea this ambitious, this risky, this different, it, we all have to acknowledge that it does have a chance to flop. No. It really oh, does. This is, Will Smith working with orcs and elves I can either say, be the most brilliant thing ever or the next Waterworld. That's what I'm saying. Like, that is as ridiculous an idea as Waterworld. And everyone thought Waterworld was going to be the shit until they can, saw can Waterworld. I, just don't make me choke the shit out of both of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> because you know what? This is going to be a great movie. I'm telling you right now. This is like... I, I get the vibe I, from Dad? Will Smith. Let me finish, damn it. Okay. That he is so, just going to be as good as, as he was in Hancock. I'm telling you. This is the Will Smith. And Will Smith hasn't had a hit in a while. He hasn't. Think about it. Suicide Squad was the oh boy, yeah, box was, office hit. Oh, I liked yeah. it. He was the best part of that movie. Yes. He was the best part. And he just did his own, own movie from that movie. But I'm telling you right now, he hasn't had a hit in a while. I'm, he's just... 
come on, man. I'm getting speechless here. How can you not like this movie? I'm not saying that I don't like it. I'm saying it has the biggest potential to amaze me, uh, left me dumbfounded, like uh, just drooling. But also, well, I mean, yeah. But people also said the same thing about a ton of movies that bombed and sucked if ass. You think, if you think Will Smith hasn't had a hit in a while, I think he's definitely got hits coming because he's agreed to act in some films that are coming up that might surprise you. What? He's agreed to act in Bad Boys 4. There you go. I liked all of them. Wait, there is a he's, Bad Boys 3? I didn't know that, but he's agreed to act in Bad Boys 4 coming 2019. He's agreed to act in a Bad Boys feature before that. Uh, bad, bad, bad Boys 3? Maybe include Bad Boys 3 before Bad, bad Boys 4. four. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, he's agreed you to do... Bad Boys for Life and then Bad Boys 4. Well, there funny. you go. So he's agreed to do two more Bad Boys movies. And the one that might shock you the most, Aladdin. Oh. What? Wait, yeah. didn't he, isn't he playing the genie? Is he playing the genie in that? I'm pretty sure he's playing the he's genie. He's playing the genie, I oh believe. Oh, my God. I, 100%. I heard about he's playing this. genie. He's playing genie. Tell yeah. me John Fravo's directing that movie, and I'll just freaking give you my money now. It's Guy Ritchie. So. I'll still give you my cash. Because I love that freaking director, and if you he, haven't seen oh, King Arthur, hit the romance move. Oh my! Hit the God, romance music. Why? Why is the movie. first thing that you you say about Guy Ritchie? He is officially that. let him crush on I Guy just, Ritchie. This guy has killed it with Sherlock Holmes one, Sherlock Holmes two. God, freaking love. Snatch! He's just done it all, and I'll say it why Snatch is on, and I'm playing the, the freaking love music. I just love this guy. And if you haven't seen King Arthur, sit down and watch the movie. The man from Uncle too. He did that. That was good. I have not he seen did that the movie. Sherlock movies. He did the Sherlock movies. I love those, and I'm Sherlock telling you right now. Sherlock Holmes and Game of Shadows. Can't get enough of, of, of Guy Ritchie. I'm just sorry. gushing over Guy Ritchie. And you know what? If he's directing it, I'm in. I'm in. So guy. it remains to be Catch seen. Like, like right. I said, I have great expectations for Bright. I just don't want to be hurt again. Well, it won't be. It won't be an After Earth if that's what you're worried about. I am, and I like that movie. Fuck that movie. You liked it the same yeah. way I like Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I'll take the hit on that one. I like yeah. that movie. It worked for me. I know a lot of people weren't the fan of that, but you know what? It worked for me. And, and here's the scary part. All right. Mason, like you said before, Netflix seems to be hurting for money at times on the books. You know what the budget for this movie was? Hit me. $90 million. God damn. Nine, I'll say it. $90 million. That's a chunk of this, Netflix. This is a streaming service. Because if they're showing a loss, somebody's cooking those books right. Because there's just no way. $90 million. No, no fucking kidding. That's insane. I had no idea they could raise that kind of money. Well, well I guess they have to be if they're. Well, fucking... they have all of America giving them nine ninety nine a every, month. Every household in the world is paying them ten bucks. You think they've gone global? Oh yeah. Really? You might need a VPN in China, but hey. I was gonna say, wait, who in who in India is watching? Oh, in India, yeah. Oh, have you tried the Netflix? Okay, we're not gonna go there. <laughs> they have Netflix. They have Netflix, but. The scary part is if you've watched some of their productions over the past years, Marco Polo. How much money do you? That's think a they sleeper spent show. On that, that's a sleeper show. If you haven't seen Marco Polo, definitely give it. And a here's look another show. It had production value. They bought this movie. wasn't even made for them and put it on their network. Spectral. I know I've seen it five times. Oh, that's you, a good movie. You guys are sick of it because Cameron's really sick of it because he's home from college. I've watched this movie. 
Ten times. So many times at the Spectral. I liked it, but not enough to watch it ten times. <laughs> I love this freaking movie. And I'll tell you, the production that they put into it this movie. It was shocking. Shockingly how good it was. And another sleeper movie, if you have not put it out, uh, not put it on your list and watched it in your queue, go out of your way. Because one of the, uh, there's a ton of, ton of stars in this movie. And they're not stars, they're just starting to peak after this movie. And it's, I just freaking loved it. I'm excited to talk about this next film. If you guys don't mind getting into it, sure. because I can't wait. You can't Atomic wait. Atomic Blonde. All right. <laughs> Mason has Mason I'll has told to me how much he's excited. Quote unquote it's excited. Undercover MI6 agent is sent to Berlin during the Cold War to investigate the murder of a fellow agent and recover a missing list of double agents. All right. It's directed <laughs> by David Leach. I think that's how you say his name. Yes. This guy has done stunts for over 82 movies. He's only directed four films, one of which went uncredited in John Wick, and the other was a short. All right, oh. directed Atomic Blonde, and he's going to be directing Deadpool Two. Are you kidding just me? To, just to set the stage. No, I'm not kidding. Wow. Wow. Pretty crazy, right? Deadpool he's Two. Done, he's done the set. Great. He's done the stunts for like high, high profile. V for Vendetta, Fight Club, Three Hundred. This guy's been around the industry, so. I'm sure the sequences in this movie would be amazing. Oh, God. I That just made me super excited. I know. You it's know, gonna, It's going to be great. A movie like Atomic Blonde is normally... Like, I'm, I'm not sure if it's normally my cup of tea. John Wick kind of reignited the fire for, for like, these kill em, shoot 'em up movies for me. So maybe I'll have to give Atomic Blonde a look-see then. Well, Atomic Blonde already got nominated for the best fight scenes. Of the movies of 2017. But John Wick 2 didn't? Guess what? Come on, Academy! Guess, guess what? what? They already beat out John Wick and got named for the best fight scene in 2017. That is blasphemy. It's a, it's a gritty John fucking John Wick movie. 2, in my opinion, I have to see Atomic Blonde then. We're going to have to, because have you know to. what? John Wick 2 is good. A little slow in the beginning. We've had this discussion. We, we have disagreements about this. A little slow in the beginning. He knows that John Wick is near and dear to me. I'm a huge John Wick fan. But it just started Mr. Wick... Yes. <laughs> All I know is just, just based on what I saw in the trailer from this movie, it kicks the living fuck out of Skyfall. All right, I'd rather watch. Oh fuck! Charlize Theron fuck make whoever out with made an Italian Skyfall. chick much more than Javier Bourdain grab onto Daniel Craig's nuts and squeeze him. That you know was I mean? that was hella awkward. Wow. And plus, Daniel Craig was like, "I'm James Bond, kind of." Kind of. I can't even do a fucking pull up. He couldn't do a pull up. I was like, "You're James Bond, bro." What, what are you tell me next? You can't that. get laid? Like, what is this? Well, that one scene I in the trailer. Watch this. That one Show scene in the trailer. Knees. That one scene in the trailer, she's lip locking worth. It's the chick from The Mummy. The Mummy. She played The Mummy. Yes. Mason, what were you saying about the atomic one? I'm just saying I'd rather watch her pull off fucking flying knees and kimuras against like 300 pound guys and like. Further expend my disbelief. Like, <laughs> well, that's what I think is like. That's why I like. That's what I liked about Kick Ass, because it was just so ridiculous that it was good. You know what I mean? That this little girl was just flipping dudes. Yeah, I'm gonna with, call like, you on if you don't finish the sentence. Yeah, I think it was ridiculous that this little girl's flipping dudes with wrist locks. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's a movie. Well, that's yeah. why I think that Atomic Blonde is gonna be so good because. Like John Wick, I think it's so ridiculous that it's going to be good. Because John Wick killed 50 dudes in succession and was not shot once. Yeah. You know I, I, mean? I was so excited when I watched the trailer and I saw um, James McAvoy 
Yes. Yes. He was great in Split. Holy yeah. moly. I mean, it's got yeah, a ton of American. stars. Cerise John Sarah, Goodman. John Goodman. Uh, uh, oh, I love John Goodman. Eddie Marshall. Toby Jones, that yeah. really ugly fucking guy. He's <laughs> movies. I mean, it's just, it, it looks like it's going to be fantastic. You know, and the writer from this, from this evidently is the one that also did one of my favorite movies of all time. Two of my favorite movies. 300. And... What is the other movie? The, the other 300 movie. And everybody knows just how much I love the Spartans. Spartans! What a profession! <laughs> That's a great scene. I love that. And if the, the writer did this and he also did that, I'm in. And he can't... Oh, the, he did write this. He wrote 300. I just said that! Yeah, you're right. Pay wow. attention! And I just can't get enough. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be really good. You know what I mean? Yes. Definitely uh, check it out. Oh, and I think it's doing pretty well in the box offices right now. Right now, a six-day total is $24.3 million. That's not bad. Especially $24.3 million on the 4th of August. So it'll probably be out of the theaters by the time this episode airs. So You really think? You really probably. No, I don't no. know. when. Do, when, when do, how long do movies usually stay in theaters? Well, here's the scary part. You know what the budget for that movie is? Probably like 40 cents. How much? <laughs> 40 cents and a pair of leather gloves? It's only, done, it's only cost $30 million to make. Wow. I was going to say the cast would be like, we'll work for free if we get to watch them make out a little longer. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Uh, but, take I mean, it from the top. It's really? The 10th they get, time? They're, they're doing the Deadpool format. You, 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 a low budget. You put shit in and people want to see. I was going to say, fucking start a Kickstarter account. Anything helps. <laughs> Lean into the R rating. I love. I really hope they do that. Well, John Wick did the same thing. The first John Wick was only twenty million to make, you know, and it killed it. I mean, you got to be kidding me. I and mean, it also leaned into its R rating, which was great. 100%. Like Deadpool, like Deadpool, man, like Deadpool. embrace it. Another fifty million dollar movie. Yeah, Deadpool gave us everything. It gave us us boobs, violence, cursing. Those sixteen olds will sneak in, man. Don't worry, you'll get ticket sales. Exactly. Here's yeah. my thing: if you make an R movie. I like that our movies treat us like adults. Yeah. PG-13, I feel like I'm in kitty shorts. No, yeah. They're making movies for, for adults. They got to remember there are people who are 18 and older to go see Wait, what did you say, man? What are kitty shorts, man? <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about Atomic Underoos! Blonde. Just like, just like Atomic Blonde, you need to suspend your disbelief okay. with my metaphors. Well, I think you mean pull-ups. <laughs> yeah, my my um, Huggies pull-ups. Well, all, all I know is, like I said... John Wick, great format, $20 million, almost $90 million to- total gross earnings. Smart way to make a movie, and they did the same thing with Atomic Blonde. $30 million. Before they're done, it'll make 100 It's gotten great reviews. Already the fight scenes are off the hook. You're talking Sharice Theron. Uh, Who great, is a badass bitch. A badass. A great director. After watching that trailer, I had to change my pampers. Yep. A great director <laughs> and a great writer. I mean, it was it, it's a trifecta. You can't ask for anything more than that. Just a side note, can you believe that guy from Modern Family dated Charlize Theron? Modern Family, Which Eric one? Stone Street. Wait, that's the super gay one, right? The big guy. Yeah, the big one. Are you serious? He, they dated for a long time. They okay. were serious. She dated. She dated Sean Penn though. She's all over the place. Yeah. And he's like eighty-seven. How old is Sean? <laughs> Penn? Sean Penn. I assume he's still wearing those like leather bracelets though, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, so it's his fucking bracelet matches his skin. Dude. <laughs> you know Jesus, Sean Penn's still cool, kind of. 
He's been smoking since he was four months old, dude. Yeah. Look at his face. He's cool in like a creepy grandpa sort of way. You know what I mean? Creepy, yeah, I know. Creepy grandpa. Yeah, he's got forty grandpa. years on Charlize Theron. How old is she? Well, they're dating right She's now. She's like right? fifty, I think. Are they still dating? Yeah. She's not fifty, dude. Get out of here. Check it. Charlize Theron. You think she's really I think old? she's getting older for sure. Oh my god, she's forty-one, dude. Oh wow, I, I she's jumped not the close gun. to death. Jesus criminy. I didn't think she was that old. Sean Penn is 104. <laughs> <laughs> He's 56. He's 56. Okay. Older than me. He was married to Madonna. Yeah. We're going off track. Yeah. Everyone was married to Madonna. Yeah. You'd have Madonna, to go down a whole Madonna different rabbit hole for that. You know, but here's here's the scary part. We'll bring up the last part of our podcast. And that is the best part, in my opinion. And it's going to be our exciting things. Big winners, who dies, and what's coming out. It's our news. You are fake news. But we're just going to keep rolling with it. <laughs> Big winners for this week are, once again, unbelievable. It's Dunkirk. Just still hanging on. Steamrolling. Not, not giving in. Steamrolling Nolan. And another little thing, we're going to compare two of the movies. One of the movies we talked about today also, Atomic Blonde. It had a six-day total, and it's racing a six-day total of John Wick. Guess wow. Who's, guess who's winning? I, I'm going to guess Atomic Blonde. Blonde. Yep, 24 God million damn it. to 18 million. It's Bro, kicking John Wick's ass. Where are my Wick fans at? Well, I don't know, man. I'm still like, I'm shocked. Madonna made all of her money. Well, half of it. <laughs> From Like a Virgin, and the rest came from divorces. Look at him. Come out of the rabbit hole. He's completely out of the big... Come out of the rabbit hole. He's completely detached from the big winners of this week. Oh, my goodness. Just hang in there. He's in... We're over here. She was fucking married to Guy Ritchie, dude. It's a circle. Yeah, we're over here. She's in the web of Madonna's marriage now. Are you back from that hole? I am, dude. Okay, good. Now we're going to do Who Dies. And I know you guys... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who's dead this week? (laughs) Great segue. (laughs) (laughs) Who Dies. And then uh, I know you guys don't know this actor, actor, writer, Sam Shepard. He was our our, uh, winning playwright, uh, actor, uh, screenwriter. Sam Shepard died at the age of 73. Uh, Too young. Uh, and the last thing he was known for were Blood Blood Ties. It's a show on Netflix mm-hmm. where he played the dad. Uh, pretty sad. He was one of America's favorite playwrights. I remember him from a movie I used to watch with my father in 1983 called The Right Stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you're my age, that's the movie about all the great uh, uh, fighter pilots and everything that were trying to become astronauts. And it had mm-hmm. a ton of great scars in it. Uh, Ed Harris, Scott Glenn, of course, Sam Shepard, Fred Ward, you know him from Tremors, uh, Dennis Quaid, Barbara Hershey. I mean, it was just a great movie about uh, Marine and uh, Air Force pilots, test pilots who were trying to become uh, astronauts. And That's really sad to hear about, about Sam Shepard. You know what I mean? I do have a lot of respect for theater. And the ability for what those guys are able to do with what they're given, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because theater is so visceral. It's so much harder to to make real than a movie, and which you can cut at any time, you know what I mean? And he won a, a Pulitzer Prize right, uh, author for a couple of different – and he was a, an Oscar-winning actor. And like I said, from that movie, which I really, really loved, The Right Stuff. And sorry to see him go. 
Uh, just had to mention him. I know a lot of our fans, if they're younger, won't remember who he is. But you'll see him in this last thing if you watch it. It's a good show. On Even Netflix. if you don't remember him, I think it's important to remember all the people who impacted Hollywood in a big yes. way. And you can go back and look at his body of work, which is amazing. It's 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 right there for everybody to see. And then we'll round out the top with our uh, what's coming out. On our next week, it's going to be a horror movie. Mason might like this. Annabelle 2. I can't fucking wait, dude. And <laughs> that's hitting hitting, <laughs> hitting everything. Nut Job 2, if you haven't seen that. Ooh. Uh, that's the one where the squirrels. squirrels are in the park and they're trying to get their nuts back again. I, I really like oh the first God. one. I thought yeah. it was cute. It was. It did very, I very type well. Butt job. It. I got very different results. Yeah. <laughs> those are pretty much the two big releases coming out. I think um, you should definitely take your girl to see Nut Job, two, and then go to see Annabelle two by yourself afterward. Yeah, That's the slick move. Just two movies that are coming out, and that kind of wraps up our podcast yeah. for today, guys. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our spotlight. If you had to say really quick one thing on this list that you are most excited to see. Let's start with Mason. What are you most excited for? Ah, fuck, man. That's tough. Um, <laughs> well, I can't pick Atomic Blonde because it already came out. Or does it, does it, does it matter? No, it doesn't matter. matter. Anything on our list. You have Ready Player One, The Snowman, Mindhunter, Stranger Things, Preacher, The Strain, Marvels and Humans, Brights, well, Atomic Blonde. I'm definitely caught between Mindhunter and The Snowman. But I'm definitely going to have to go with... Um, Mindhunter. Oh, okay. That surprised nice, you a bit nice. because yeah. I, I was leaning towards Snowman originally, but about like uh, I think I'm gonna get more content out of the first season of Mindhunter, so that'll be a better binge watch. I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A bunch um, more. That so, and I just—it's so fascinating to try to try. I say try because they're serial killers. Try to follow the thought pattern of people that insane. It's just fascinating to me. I think so, it's fascinating uh, to everybody. So what are you yeah, most I'll be stuck excited watching that. for? Uh, I'm definitely I'm already in on, on Mine Hunters. Really? Yeah, you already. I, I already two went, for Mine Hunters. I'm telling you, man. When he Let's told, go. When I read the thing and I saw the trailer that it was an actual FBI agent in the room talking to actual serial killers, and that's being translated directly to the freaking screen. I'm in. I'm in a hundred percent. No kidding. If I, they drop that season right now, I would binge watch it after recording this. Yes, <laughs> I would. I'm, and and, it, and and I'm telling you right now, when's the last time you heard about a season two being greenlit, already going into production? Before, before episode one was before released. Before episode one is even dropped. That's crazy. It's crazy. So you know what they're predicting already? They have a hit. Big expectations, for sure. Yeah. I am going to stray from the status quo. And? I'm going to pick Ready Player One. I know it's not coming out for a while, but just, dude, just the teaser yeah, for this movie excites me so much. Because, you know, I'm a big pop culture guy. I love knowing about, like, the, every different zeitgeist of the spectrum. Sure. I just want to get in there, see, root around. I'm so excited for Spielberg to blow me away, you know? And it, it's hard sh- not to say yes to that, too, just simply because of the VR. Oh. I'm, I can't wait for VR. Until and, we can step inside the Oasis and, real life. Real life. And, and for him to actually wait and take two and a half years to put this to screen and with a budget of a rumor $300 million. And this is a guy who – we're not going to bypass this entire history. He, he doesn't need a hit, but I'm saying this will be a hit for him. It's, it's going to be a winner. Yeah. Um, but, guys, I hope you like the spotlight. Uh, thank you for – 
uh, killing the podcast today, guys. As always, we're brought to you by Bucket of Wind. You can hit them up on Twitter at Bucket of Wind, Instagram at Bucket of Wind, Facebook at Bucket of Wind. And if you want to send them some emails, hit, hook up with them, bucketofwind at gmail.com. You can always find this podcast at YouTube. Um, search Bucket of Wind. It comes right up. And um, we'll see you next week, guys. <laughs> yeah. Same damn clip. He loves, he loves 300. I love, he loves I 300. I love that freaking thing. This is you need to go on a spirit quest with Gerard Butler. All right. <laughs> yeah. We, I'm in. Next podcast, we gush about Gerard Butler. This is Can't Sleep, Won't Sleep, and we're out. See you guys. Bye. Please stand by for further details. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program.